We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kyle Madsen with Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And I'm here to talk to you about my new favorite thing about football season, and that's prize picks. It's Daily Fantasy Sports, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's easy, exciting, and that's my two favorite things to have in daily fantasy football. It's There's quick withdrawals. It's easy gameplay. There's so many selections of players and stat types that make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And I know you're probably worried about like daily fantasy sports. Oh, there's pros and there's sharks and there's all these people that dedicate their lives to just winning a daily fantasy. Well, no, no, no. This is just you. You pick more than or less than on two to six players to create an entry. And those two to six players, you pick more than or less than on their stat projections. And then you watch the winnings roll in. It is so easy, and PrizePix offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. It's like Taco Tuesday, where every Tuesday, PrizePix discounts select player projections up to 25%. That gives you even more value. And my very favorite part of all of this, PrizePix offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So go to prizepix.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. You can jump in and get Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, George Kittle. Slam the more than and root like heck for those guys to go more than those projections. It's, I'm telling you, it's the very best way to consume football. So prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me now, world traveler Chris Biederman. And we're going to, it's a little Super Bowl happy hour. We're chilling. We're talking some Niner stuff. Jed York said something interesting today. Chris, I want to run by you uh, the chat I had with Evan Giddings from 95.7 The Game on our previous episode uh, and just kind of get your quick thoughts on that. Um, Niner's practice report came out. Eric Armstead didn't practice. We'll talk about what that means. Plenty to get into. But before we do that, we, of course, are sponsored by Lamb Chops is the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. If you are watching on the stream, Chris is rocking that ash gray hoodie, which I wear whenever I have an excuse to wear it. It is my very favorite hoodie. It's in the wash right now, so I don't have it on. But that would have been weird if we were matching. But it's comfortable. It's high quality. We tell you every time, and we mean it every time. And um, 
We love them. Go to sglambchops.com, promo code candlestick20. Get over there now. I know their fall and winter collection stuff is like selling out. So get over there, get some sweats. My dad, um, it's actually his birthday today. Happy birthday, dad. On, uh, oh, shut I up. record this on, on February 1. Um, he calls them his favorite sweatpants, the best sweatpants he's ever owned at sglambchops.com. I would agree with them. The zippered pockets, the comfort, the quality. I would live in this hoodie if I could, honestly. It is it for is real. so comfortable. It's perfectly sized for the winter time. Like this thing is you just cannot beat it at all. So shout out to Lamp Chops. I napped in it one day. It's mm. the best nap I ever took. Cause I threw the hoodie up <laughs> and in the hoodie's a little oversized. Bro, it was like sleeping in a cloud. It's the best thing. SGLampshops.com, promo code candlestick twenty. Can't tell you how many times recently I've done that on the plane. Oh god, I bet throwing throwing the ear pods in, hoodie up, and then I got the little neck pad. Ah, and you're undefeated. You're cruising. You're cruising. Cruising. Uh, Follow them on Instagram as well at SG Lamb Chops. Join the herd. We're also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing, Candlestick Chronicles, Hazy IPA, Keg Slayer, Sparkle Pants Cider. Seltzer, seltzer, not cider. Seltzer. I think I said cider last episode too. <laughs> seltzer. Sparkle Pants Seltzer. It's all delicious. It is your favorite brewery's favorite brewery. Good people, good hang, good beer. You can order their beer online at cooperagebrewing.com, of course. They had an NFC Championship game watch party, which I wish I had known because I might have pulled up to that instead of going to the game. <laughs> I was probably cracking. I, I have no doubt that it was. They have a big screen in there. Uh, so check them out, cooperagebrewing.com. If you're 21 and up and in the state of California, you can order a case of beer. You can do a mix and match case, so you can do a variety pack. If you know there's one beer you want, maybe the Candace Chronicles Hazy IPA. It is delightful. You can get a case of that delivered right to your front door. You sign for it, and you have 24 beers. Mm. You didn't have to leave your house. The single best way to acquire the single best beer. Uh, Candace Chronicles Hazy, as of this moment, checking on their website, out of stock. Typical. So- I mean, it's so popular. It's hard to keep it on the shelves. I mean, it's, you know, football season, Super Bowl. I'd imagine a lot of people brought it to their tailgate on Sunday for the NFC Championship game. So not entirely surprising, but shout out to Cooperage for their continued support. And uh, we will see if they make any more Candy Cron Hazy IPA. Um, maybe, maybe it'll be on the shelf until next football season. We'll see. Fingers crossed. All right, let's dive in to the Canvas to Chronicles Super Bowl happy hour episode blue wire hey this is george kittle and you're listening to candlestick chronicles into the last episode already but i'm gonna recap it for the listener maybe if they missed the last episode i had evan giddings on from 95 7 the game and we just did 2023 49ers versus 2019 49ers and just from you when i ask you that chris i don't want to relitigate the entire conversation i just want to get your thoughts on it because i'm interested in what you have to have to say on it Uh, any initial thoughts on which team you would pick I'd really have to think hard about it 
Um, I think I would pick the 2023 team, but I think ultimately where my take falls is that this 2023 offense is better than the 2019 offense, mm-hmm. but the 2019 defense is better than than this 2023 defense. Literally, particularly where given, we yeah, yeah, particularly given where um where the 49ers have been in the playoffs and just not really stopping the run not being as dominant you remember in the playoffs in in 2019 like the Niners defense was just flat out dominant it It was was, it was their backbone it was like any time it was third and six or Mm -hmm. any passing down on third down like and D Ford was in the game it was a sack it was going to be a sack or um the quarterback was going to be pressured into throwing a pick or force fumble or whatever. And it just, the Niners defense just doesn't feel like it's anywhere near that dominant. And on paper, it probably should be right. Like it, Mm -hmm. it feels like just, just looking at the roster, like, you know, I think DeForest Buckner is, is substantially better than Javon Hargrave. Mm -hmm. Um, Buckner's more of an every down player equally as good against the run as he was at pushing the pocket as a pass rusher. Hargrave's mm-hmm. much more of a pass rushing type specialist. Um, I think, you know, I think comparing um, Richard Sherman, late career Richard Sherman coming off the Achilles injury and Charverius Ward, I think Ward's probably better, mm-hmm. like physically, maybe a better mm-hmm. player right now. But who Sherman was to the team in terms of, a veteran leader and mm-hmm. somebody who could basically call out the offense's play based on pre-snap alignment right. and, you know, receiver splits and all of that stuff. He was just, you know, it's such a cliche to talk about a guy being like a, a coach on the field, but Sherman was so valuable. His mind was so valuable to that defense and the secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think Jimmy Ward is just a big loss. Like not having Jimmy Ward right now is is a really substantial loss for the Niners because, you know, I think Diamador Lenore has played fine in the slot, but just think about the lack of depth the 49ers have dealt have have dealt with at safety all season. How Jimmy Ward would have helped there. How early in the year they were trying to figure out their slot situation. Jimmy Ward could have certainly helped there too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he was a great player, and when you know when what part of Robert Sala's game plan in the Super Bowl after 2019 was to throw Jimmy Ward on Travis Kelsey. And that was a much mm-hmm. better version of Travis Kelsey and Jimmy Ward could cover a man to man. And, mm-hmm. you know, Robert Sala would gas up Jimmy Ward all the time and say, he's, he's arguably the best cover guy in the NFL full stop. Like Robert mm-hmm. Sala said that a lot about Jimmy Ward and Jimmy Ward is playing safety. And that's pretty high praise for a safety, right? You typically think of like, you know, when you have those conversations about guys now, you're like Sauce Gardner, um, you know, uh, Sertan, like who, whoever, like there are all these great corners, right? That you just, mm-hmm. just talk about like pure cover guys, but like Robert Sala would put Jimmy Ward in that air, which is pretty unique for a safety, but I, I think he was deserving of it. And, um, and Robert Sala basically put his money where his mouth was by saying, yeah, we're going to, we're going to have Jimmy Ward cover, the best tight end arguably in NFL history in the Super Bowl on third downs when we're when we're running man to man. The Niners don't really have that option now. Nope. Right. So um I think I think there's also when comparing the teams, there's value to experience. Mm-hmm. Um that 2019 team was 
was young and dumb, more or less, in comparison mm-hmm. to this one. Right. You had George Kittle in his third year in the league, still on his rookie contract. Fred Warner was was in his second year in the league. Nick Bosa was a rookie. Debo Samuel was a rookie. You know, Emmanuel Sanders was like really the only guy and Joe Staley, too. Um, mm-hmm. Those are really the only guys with any substantial playoff experience. And Jimmy Garoppolo had playoff experience as Tom Brady's backup, but that's not right. He, not he, the he same. wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. Not the same. Um, and so you go through, you know, four years later and, you know, three NFC championship games later. Uh, this is a much more experienced group um, mm-hmm. overall. So while I think I would lean 2023 just for the experience factor. And I do think like, look, the offense is just feels so much better now than it mm-hmm. did in 2019. Um, so if the, like for me, if the 49ers win for the 49ers to win the Super Bowl, it's going to be with the offense. Like, I think they, they're going to have to win a shootout. I don't think it's going to be one of these games where, they, you know, I, I think even though the Chiefs have not been the same high scoring Chiefs that we've been used to over the last few years, mm. I think the 49ers defense is, has been problematic enough to where, like, for the Niners to win, I would imagine they have to get to at least 28 points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's going to be really, really tough because I think beating Patrick Mahomes in his prime in a Super Bowl is probably the biggest challenge you could have, even mm-hmm. though their offense isn't what, again, what, what we're used to seeing from them. I just think Patrick Mahomes is that good that that's going to be a serious challenge. And I think the offense is more up for matching the chiefs punch for punch than the defense is likely to, you know, hold them to 17 points or fewer. Dude, here, Here's what it comes down to for me. It's this easy. The 2019 defense did about as good as you can against Patrick Mahomes. Save for what the Bucks did to him, but they were down like both of their starting tackles and maybe even a backup tackle. Like their their offensive line was going through it. But the Niners defense in nineteen did about as well as you can against Patrick Mahomes, and they still put up thirty one points because the Forty ers offense could not hold on to the football. And Brock Purdy is better than Jimmy Garoppolo, and Christian McCaffrey is better than whatever they were doing at running back. Uh, and their receiving core is better now, and that's what it comes down yep. to for me. Like you said, yeah. if you, you're at some point going to have to go throw for throw with Patrick Mahomes, and who are you trusting to do that? And that's it, I think what it it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy that like you think about it, like just it, it, like off the top of your head, you're like, oh yeah, the Niners were in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs four years ago. Like the, it should be like largely the same team. There are only eight guys who are still on the team who were in that Super Bowl. It's Debo, um, it's Kittle, Nick Bosa. I have the list Nick in front of Bosa, me right here. Fred Warner. Yep. Use Nobody check. on the offensive line. Use check. Mm-hmm. Um. That's five. Armstead six. Uh, you have one. Is Kevin two, Givens three. on that team. Yep, he played one game. <laughs> So I don't know if that that one even counts. But you think oh, like I counted oh, yeah, it. I, I, were... so I had so real quick, I wrote about this in NinersRide.com. I had eleven, including guys who are slash were on IR. Okay. It's Bosa, Debo, Kittle, Yuzchek, Ross Dwelly, 
was on that team, mm. currently on IR. Boss to boss. Shout it out. It was Mitch Wisnowski's rookie year. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Eric Armstead. Jason Verrett was on IR for both Super Bowls. Uh, and then Kevin Gibbons. So, I mean, but when you think about it, you're like, oh, Niners Chiefs, like it'll be similar. It's like, nah, it's like, it's not, that's the, they're the, a few core guys are still there, yeah. but it's mostly an entirely new roster. Oh, can I, along these lines, something that annoys me, non Taylor Swift reaction edition? Oh, sure. Um, Is this a Devonis Sabonis, Jaren Fox snub take? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. No, okay. I'm saving that 10 to noon ESPN 1320 tap in. Yeah. No, um, I am annoyed by the idea based on what you just said that Niners Chiefs is somehow devoid of storylines because we've seen it before. Like, yeah, two good teams are back in the Super Bowl, that's what happens sometimes. I, it, this is not it, it's two very di- very different version of the chiefs very different version mm-hmm. of the 49ers and you have the guy who was mr irrelevant last fucking year playing against patrick mahomes in the super bowl like what it, why is that not it, patrick mahomes going for his third super bowl in six years as a starter like this is fascinating and just because it's not the lions and lamar jackson were bored man that's trash it's going to rate just fine. They're going to be it's like gonna... 115, 120 million people that are going to watch. It's like, it's going to do gonna okay. Be, it's going to do no, okay. It's just, right. No. It's just, it's so dumb. People are like, oh, the matchup nobody wanted. Like, all right, man, sure. I guess if you're watching for the uniforms, then yeah, no doubt. I uh, like the, nice the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, Lily, Lily's, Lily's agreeing with you. She's, I don't know what's up with her, man. She's, I, maybe it's just she's in postseason mode. Just like the intensities, just ratcheted up a little bit more. She's got that dog in her for sure. (laughs) Um, yeah i I think it's a really good Super Bowl. I mean, I'm we're we're obviously biased because we have a Niners podcast, but in terms of you know, like if you were just to, I mean, what what would be a better matchup from like a eyeballs storyline perspective? Would it be the Ravens? Because you could also yeah. say we just watched the Niners and Ravens play. Well, yeah, it, it would be Lions Ravens. Lions first trip to the Super Bowl. Lions, yeah. And it gives everybody another two weeks to talk about how awesome Lamar Jackson is. Yeah. And that that would be, if if you're watching to see something you've never seen before, then you're going to be disappointed a lot because typically the good teams go to the championship game. I I I, I don't. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I generally think, like, I'm of the belief that the league and the numbers usually reflect well for, like, legacy franchises, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Chiefs are a legacy franchise in, like, the grand sense, but they have been in, like, a lot of Super Bowls, so they're, like, getting to that point where the Niners were, obviously, in, like, the 80s and 90s. The Niners are a legacy franchise. Like, the yes. Niners are in that group with the Cowboys Packers Steelers as like, if they're, if they're in a postseason game, they're just going to draw massive numbers. It's just like what they are. And I think Mahomes is getting the chiefs to that point too. What do you give me for this comparison? The 49ers are the Boston Celtics and the chiefs are the golden state warriors. 
Okay. Like legacy franchise so where this group, Chiefs... this this current group hasn't won one yet, but they're back there after falling short a couple times. And the Chiefs are the team that has been around a long time, but I wouldn't necessarily call them a legacy franchise. Now they have, you know, the guy who's revolutionizing the sport. They've won some titles. Yeah, I dig that. It's it's not a direct comparison, that. but that's kind of where I'm at. So is Joe Montana, Larry Bird in this uh, in this exercise? It's Joe Montana, Larry. Uh, yeah, yeah, something I think like so. that. Okay, I dig he's that. Either, he's either yeah, Larry Bird I, or I Kevin McHale. I haven't decided yet. Yeah, yeah, and like the the other funny thing, and um, it's been pointed out in in the chat too, and we've talked about this, but LT Simple Jack says it blows my mind how numb people are to how insanely cool, unprecedented Brock Purdy's story is. Yeah. That's like the thing that I that that so many people are caught up in the discourse. Like, is Brock Purdy good? Can you win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy? It's like, Mister Relevant has never thrown a pass in the league, right? And it, he's in his second year as a starting quarterback, and he's in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I tweet I tweeted about this, and people are like, "Well, Kurt Warner was undrafted, so like, okay, there's one. You've given me they, one. They, they, they literally <laughs> made a movie about Kurt Warner, right? It was You've literally." A movie script <laughs> like undrafted quarterbacks have thrown passes okay how many have gone to the super bowl in their second year right. one we're, oh, we're losing man. the forest just... for the trees and like the it... the social media that... debate show era totally can i bitch about one more thing along these same lines lamar jackson yeah i mean face i don't plants. know i don't know why carl's carl towns made it over domas either but <laughs> look points rebounds assists <laughs> wins no um have you seen their effective field goal percentages i'll wait um (laughs) domas is like if bill russell and wilt chamberlain had a baby and he's just out there hooping no anyways um (laughs) no so (laughs) lamar jackson face plants in the playoffs again in the afc title game and (laughs) one take was well this is their first big game so what can you like really (laughs) which is stupid but the take is well i mean peyton manning at year nine oh look at i mean this guy had to wait this long to get one and lamar has time Uh, and he does he does he does he absolutely does i'm not writing off lamar jackson but then flip the page to brock purdy and it's like well if he doesn't win one this year i mean you punt him into the sun his career's over and that's what I can't get behind is we're so, going to, we're judging Brock Purdy's entire existence as a pro quarterback, his entire first 21 regular season starts and six playoff starts where he's four and one in his first five, mind you. Um, we're punting all of that. If he loses to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, or if his team loses to Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs in the Super Bowl, I'm not, I, I'm sorry. I don't, I, I, I can't reconcile those two things. You're either you're either the goat or trash. That's really it. Unless you're because, Lamar Jackson. Like, well, sure, but if, like if Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, like he's adding to his resume as the goat, mm-hmm. he's going to be lauded and everything like that. And then the other side of the conversation is going to be, well, do the 49ers do, do do they have to hold on to Brock Purdy or should they go elsewhere because it couldn't be Mahomes? It's like, man, sometimes like. Sometimes it's as easy. Like I, I think a lot about, like, I know I talk, I, I like rail against probabilities and like using probability models and and shit mm-hmm. like that. But like, mm-hmm. 
I think about blackjack a lot in sports. Okay. Sometimes you have a night. Sometimes you have a nineteen and you win. Sometimes you have a nineteen and the dealer flips twenty or twenty-one and you lose. Mm-hmm. Like all you can do is play the cards you're dealt, and sometimes they're good enough to win and sometimes they aren't. Mm-hmm. And if a nineteen loses, that doesn't mean that you have to hit on nineteen from now on. And the and and that like the the approximation of football is like just because nineteen loses means okay we got to find a new quarterback who can actually beat Patrick Mahomes right right like no the <laughs> the probability says you still have to play just play your nineteen yeah um, so I don't know like it's there there are a lot of there are a lot of metaphors for like cards and and blackjack you can make but I, I'm very much of like the thinking like who gives you a chance. Like who is your best chance to win a Super Bowl? Because you, I know we like define success, and it's like Super Bowl or bust. But we define success of whether or not they actually win the Super Bowl or not. But like sometimes, like Patrick Mahomes lost a Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs didn't go replace him. They still believed in him, and then they obviously paid that off with with winning another one. Like it's. All you can do in the NFL is try to give yourself the best chance to win by creating the best roster, finding the best quarterback for your system, and going as far as you can that way. And mm-hmm. one team will have somebody who is a GOAT, and the other team will have to try to fill in the gaps elsewhere. And if you lose to the GOAT, that's not that's not such a bad thing that you need to you need to completely tear it down and fire Kyle Shanahan and go do everything else. It's like I don't know. It, it's just that there are layers to, you know, like put it this way. 26, 27 teams would take the 49ers problems, even if the Niners got blown out by the Chiefs. So yeah. How many that, other that... teams would love to just get to the, 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 the conference title game? Just be happy with getting to the conference title game just as an organization because of how much it raises their profile and how much money it makes them. Mm-hmm. get to the Super Bowl, even if it means getting blown out. Do you know who would kill to be the 49ers right now? Jerry like 27 Jones. 27 teams. Jerry, Jerry Jones. Right, exactly. <laughs> would kill to be where the 49ers are right now. Yeah, it's exactly. just, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a silly thing. And I know it's born out of the the thought process that like Brock Purdy and the 49ers are lucky to be here. Like they, they can't, there's no way they can replicate this again with a quarterback who's as awful as Brock Purdy is. And I know They've that's been the, the four of the last five NFC championship games. Dude, they traded three <laughs> first round picks to go get a quarterback who is no longer on the team after two years. Or excuse me, this is year three. D- got traded before year three, and they're starting Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback in his second year, going to the Super Bowl. After overcoming a 17 point second half deficit in the NFC championship. There, there will be books uh, written just, about this 49ers team, whether or not they win. Yeah, and and totally. we will look back, we will look back and be like, man, it is crazy that the Trey Lance thing happened and mm-hmm. they somehow stumbled into Brock Purdy. Yeah. Yeah. And if they win, if they win a title or, you know, God forbid titles with, with Brock Purdy, there is going to be a dramatic rethinking of how teams are built in the NFL and how quarterback play is evaluated in the draft. In fact, I think there's already probably a change in how quarterbacks are being evaluated in the draft. 
Well, it it happens every year though, because like even 2019 it, or at like the 2020 draft, everyone was looking for the next Debo Samuel. Yeah, right, right, no doubt. They still everyone's are, by the way. Right, and everyone's <laughs> looking for the next Fred Warner, and everyone's looking for the next George Kittle. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of like, the things. That's one of the things I'm interested to see. Not to not to turn the page on this year, or the next three years, or whatever. But you just mentioned it. You have Debo Samuel, completely different player at his position than anyone else um george kittle not not different but really a a multifaceted blocking beast who can create explosive plays as a pass catcher after the catch uh kyle use best fullback in the league super multifaceted uh fred warner like prototype at his position dre greenlaw same kind of deal um, it's a lot of guys who are just prototypical. Yeah, that's the exact type of guy you want at that position, but they have it at like nine positions. It's wild. Yeah, they've done a good job I staying at that's... the forefront of what what the league is is looking like. I think the the biggest advantage the 49ers have in in the Super Bowl is like just the number of dudes that they have. Like how many dudes do the chiefs have oh it's like mahomes this this could be a whole episode next week go ahead keep going it's mahomes kelsey um maybe a couple offensive linemen Uh, on offense and that's kind of it kelsey i don't Um, think i think pacheco's fine i don't think he's like a dude pacheco he's a guy trending towards being a dude yeah okay um defensively they have sneed and chris jones and I like their secondary a lot, but like, how many of them are like dudes? Drew Tranquil's good linebacker. Yeah, Willie Gay is good, but he's banged Trent up. Trent McDuffie, slot corner, he can play. He can play, but I like in terms of like dudes, like right, Pro Christian Bowlers. McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Trent Williams. Debo, Ayuk, Trent Williams. Like the Niners just have more dudes. The Chiefs had uh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Creed Humphrey, their center, is really good. Creed Humphrey's good. He's better than Jake Brendel. And <laughs> bold. And then Chris Jones. Those are the pro bowlers on the Chiefs. And the Niners had how many? Nine. Five? Nine. Okay. With like 22 alternates. <laughs> Shout out to the fan I would, vote. I would definitely take Harrison Butker over Jake Moody. That was the other in our in our 2023-2019 comp. It's like special teams oh, give me a, 19 all day. That's a, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Oh, man. Um, that is the a Chiefs, good point. Did you have anyone who can catch a ball besides Kelsey? Um, Rice is good. Rasheed Rice has come on nicely. Marquez Valdez-Scantling out of nowhere came up with a huge catch in the AFC title game after dropping everything all year. Um. I think Miko Hardman might be a huge factor on jet sweeps and stuff. He killed the 49ers in 2022, if you remember that game. In, I do. Levi's. A lot the of sky was passes. falling after that game, and then the Niners won basically what? They won out. 10, 11 games in a row? Yeah. Uh, no, they ended up uh, passing the franchise record for consecutive wins. Yeah. <laughs> Over the two seasons? Crazy. Jarek McKinnon revenge game. 
Oh, dang. Talk about it. Blaine Gabbert revenge game? Oh, little oh, pieces boy. of gold. Oh, boy. See, Completely we're mining forgot. We're mining the storylines that no one else is talking about. <laughs> Yo, it's your homies Kyle and Chris for Lamb Chops. SGLambChops.com is the website. They are the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. And follow them on Instagram at SGLambChops because they have some really cool looking stuff that your bland ass boy over here is not very good at styling on his own. And so I pop over to the Instagram. I see how other people are, are dressing themselves in. Uh, maybe it's the, maybe it's the wolf shorts or the lion shorts, or maybe it's a pair of joggers, or maybe it's the ash gray hoodie that you and I love so much. And I, I base my outfits off of that. And it always makes me look dope, which is the single most important thing. And it's also comfortable. It's also high quality. Yeah. It's super stylish. They're conversation starters, honestly. They also have kids, uh, kid sizes on here too. Yes, that and is everything's correct. unisex. Uh, yeah. We we should point out also. So, um, no matter if you're a man or woman, these clothes will look great on you, or a child, or a child. They have children's sizes and a lot of their <laughs> stuff as well. Use promo code Candlestick twenty today to get twenty percent off your order, or you can do it tomorrow or whenever. Candlestick twenty is a promo code any day of the week to get twenty percent off your order from sglambchops.com. Uh, shout out to them; we really appreciate their support, and uh, we would appreciate it if you support them by going to sglambchops.com and ordering some dope, comfortable, high quality clothing. Join the herd today. Um. Speaking of storylines, we want to talk about what Jed Jed York said in the yeah we do in the media room today. Yeah, we do. I wonder. Oh, can I let me see if I can if I can get this pulled up on our stream and then play the video off the stream. Oh, you can. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try it. Here we go. Technology. Uh, here's the stream technology. I should have practiced this beforehand. There's that. Oh, I have to share the screen. So, oh, there we go. Present. This yep, is good. Present. This is good. This is really good audio. Shout out to everyone yeah, listening on the podcast. Yeah, Hanging thank you everybody this. for listening. We appreciate you greatly. Oh, okay, there's that. We're loading. Here it is. There he is. Let's go. I said his his honesty, his directness. You know, I mean, we haven't. Is it really playing? Talking about Kyle Shanahan. About Brock. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a that's a good example of Kyle's directness. You know, last year in, in preseason, I think week one of training camp, which you have a, a quarterback that we're paying, I think, $20 million to. You have a guy that you drafted with investing three first-round picks into. And he grabs me after practice and says, hey, hey, man, we, we, we got to talk. And that's really not a good thing when you coach tells you got to talk. <laughs> like, all right, what's up? And he's like, ah, I think our third-string quarterbacks are best quarterback. Like, okay. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, well, he's like, obviously, like, we've invested in Trey. Like, Trey's doing a good job. Like, we're going to do everything that we can. We're not going to change that. And we're not going to change the chart, the depth chart. But, like, I, I, I think Brock will end up being our quarterback at some point. And, like, he didn't force it, right? You had two injuries, and that's how Brock ended up playing. But he's, he's always honest, even if it's not, like, one thing that owners don't love to hear when they've invested money <laughs> and or draft picks or both into people that 
the last pick in the draft is the guy that we think is the best. That's that's, that's generally not great news, um, but but he's honest and he let it play out the right way. You know, Brock. I think ironically, I think his first game was against the Chiefs, and wasn't great. He had some mop up time, and I, Brock. Oh yeah, against the Chiefs. Yeah, he yeah. threw one ball into the stands, <laughs> and you know. I may or may not have had some sarcastic <laughs> comments for, for Kyle post-game. Um, but when Brock took over last year, like I think we had a calm about us, but there was a sense that like nothing catches you by surprise. And, and again, like you, you might not love everything that Kyle tells you, but he's always open and honest, especially in the moment. And he's very clear about that with me. It's like, look, I will tell you exactly what I think of a player, a situation, a coach in the moment. But that might not be how I feel three weeks from now. So don't hold me to this is what I said about somebody in training camp when we're in week six of the season. Like, ask me in the moment what what you want to ask about whoever. All right, that's enough. We got the gist. Thanks, Jed. Shout out to 95.7 The Game for that audio. Um, um, your thoughts? So... That's. I mean, it's Thanks. interesting that it was apparent to to Kyle Shanahan that early on, right? Because at this point, Jimmy Garoppolo was like playing catch on the sidelines of training camp mm-hmm. and was in a holding pattern because it was very clear the 49ers were trying to trade him. And Trey Lance was getting all the reps with the starters because he was considered the starting quarterback. And at that point, even the first week of training camp, Brock Purdy was competing with Nate Sudfeld for the third or the backup job, third string job, whatever it is. Like it, it was basically assumed. I remember covering that training camp and like myself and all the other media members were, had just assumed that like Brock Purdy is going to be on the practice squad. Right. Like he's just going to be there next Nick Mullins, like the guy who's just going to develop on the practice squad. And, and um, then they go to, minnesota and have those joint practices and then in the preseason game against minnesota you hear greg papa say you know this is a this is a real competition between brock purdy and nate sudfeld and i was like wait what right (laughs) and because when when you know and i'd watch all the practices and i thought brock looked good like i remember looking over i was like brock's making some throws man like he's he's like hitting dudes in stride like it's not it's obviously a completely different skill set it's not like he's got a howitzer attached to his shoulder or anything like that. Right. But he's accurate and it's always catchable and he's throwing tight spirals and all of that. Um, so in hindsight, like I, I probably should have considered that more heavily. My assumption had just kind of been like, yeah, it's the last pick in the draft. He's like not particularly impressive physically. Right. Like this is just, this is, I've seen this before. This is Nick Mullins. Like he's going to be on the totally. squad. Right. Um, but I do think like bigger picture and we've talked about this countless times on the, on the podcast going back years now, what was the biggest indictment you and I have had about Kyle Shanahan as a whole? It's been his inability to find a championship level quarterback for all of his, for all of his X's and O's excellence Mm -hmm. for, for being the, standard bearer and the guy who creates the offense that everyone else in the league 
wants to replicate by hiring his assistants or Mm -hmm. members of his coaching tree. He was always making missteps in terms of the way he was approaching the 49ers quarterback situation. The 49ers didn't even take a hard look at Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson in the 2017 draft because they were so content on making a push to sign Kirk Cousins in free agency the following offseason that they didn't even feel like they they needed to look at those guys. And they ended up drafting Solomon Thomas and Reuben Foster that year, right? Obviously, hindsight's 2020, but that was a clear mistake. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a mistake to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think it was a mistake to pay for Jimmy Garoppolo. Nope. But there were a lot of smart people making the case that like, man, five games is probably not a big enough sample to be giving Jimmy Garoppolo market setting contract. And at the time it was, you know, I I argued for it because it was like, eh, he looked really good. He looked really, really good at the end of 2017 in those five games. He was making plays outside of structure. Like, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo ever got back to the level of football that he was playing in 2017. And I think it, some of that, it felt I think like some he of that started to do right before he got hurt. Yeah, that's fair. But I felt like after the knee injury, he was just not the same guy because Jimmy Garoppolo always had like bounce to him. Like he mm-hmm. had, he was really tough to like, he was, he would make a bunch of plays like avoiding rushers and being kind of he, a gunslinger. He before played the with knee that, injury. He played with the fluidity that, that Brock Purdy plays with. Yeah. And then after it, he just, the, the comfort level never quite seemed the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I'm not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo was this massive mistake, but the 49ers basically admitted a few years later, and Kyle Shanahan basically admitted, once they started looking at Tom Brady and Matt Stafford, it's like, okay, we, it's time to, like, we got to move on from Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's not Jimmy's not our guy. Um, so in overall, the Garoppolo decision proved to be a mistake because – they were kicking the tires on Matt Stafford, on Tom Brady, excuse me, and then they ended up investing all they invested in Trey Lance. Also a massive mistake. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I were fairly critical of the way they handled Trey Lance because he just needed reps, and Kyle Shanahan was was pretty unwilling to give it, give him those reps. Mm-hmm. And we were hard on Kyle, right? Like, we were hard on Shanahan. It's like, man, you're such a good offensive coach, but you can't nail down this quarterback thing. Right. Like, you just can't. And, like, losing to the guy, losing to Patrick Mahomes after not scouting him in 2017 was just like, man, is this going to be a defining team-building mistake for the 49ers? Are they, like, never going to get over the hump because they were so intent on signing Kirk Cousins in 2018 that they completely just ignored the idea of drafting Patrick Mahomes in 2017 when, Mm -hmm. obviously, they needed a quarterback? Mm -hmm. If they win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy... It feels like Shanahan's vindicated from that, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the idea that Shanahan could not identify and develop a quarterback that could win him a Super Bowl always felt like the biggest indictment, particularly given how many swings they took at trying to nail down the position. Mm-hmm. If they do it, ironically, with the last pick in the draft, which you know, the, the guy they did not give a market setting contract to the guy they did not invest three first round draft picks in. If it's, mm-hmm. if that's the guy that wins the Super Bowl, there's certainly a level of irony in that, mm-hmm. but like it vindicates, I think 
Kyle Shanahan from all his from all the mistakes and swings and misses on the quarterback position. And I think ultimately mm-hmm. that's a defining part of his legacy. Yeah, man. Like winning cures everything. I know that's a cliche, but in this instance, after everything you just laid out, if the 49ers win the win the Super Bowl this year, and whether they win another one or not, it doesn't it, it frankly it doesn't matter. Because nobody's gonna go, hey, remember the Kyle Shanahan era? Yeah. The Trey Lance trade, they're gonna go, no, he won that Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. They're not gonna go, hey, remember when they paid Jimmy Garoppolo in twenty eighteen? Remember when they drafted or drafted Solomon Thomas instead of a quarterback? That's not that's all off the table. It's only on the table now. It only gets discussed now because they haven't been able to figure it out. And if they win a title with Brock, that alleviates the question of can you win a championship with Brock Purdy? Because the answer is clearly yes. And every team, dude, the Jets, the Bears, currently the Carolina Panthers, the Arizona Cardinals, like pick, pick, pick a team. Are they're dying to find a quarterback that's going to take them to that level of success? Right. I didn't mean to throw Kyler Murray under the bus, but I was trying to think of teams that hadn't won a Super Bowl ever or recently. You think he's, you think Kyler's watching the live stream right now? I think he's locked in. Yeah, he's probably pretty dialed. So my wonder what the dog. Niners pods are saying. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody better be throwing me under the bus on a 49ers pod this week. Ah, oh, damn it. Oh, slams, Son of a... <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> Adds Kyle Madsen to his list next to his desk. <laughs> it's like Kyle Madsen, Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> Mark Kotze. Oh. <laughs> um, um, no, man. It, yeah, it's... I... Good. No, I just I just think that like the whole quarterback discussion surrounding Kyle Shanahan and all the swings they took. Like if he ends up being right on Brock, that is a stroke of genius after a bunch of like swings and misses. Yeah, and I'm sorry, it, it's not it, it, I've I've seen it phrased like, "Oh, they got lucky on Brock Purdy." Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, they didn't. Brock Purdy didn't randomly stumble into their facility one day. They had a draft pick and they right, picked them. It gets yeah. they didn't they didn't luck out. Like they they purposely called his name to get him in their building. They were lucky in the sense that like he lasted, but that's sort of what like playing the market is, right? Yeah, like that's... you evaluate you evaluate the market and you find inefficiencies and you find values. And if you hit on a guy in the seventh round, you're not lucky. It's like no, they they drafted him. They weren't lucky to draft George Kittle in the fifth round. They weren't lucky to draft Fred Warner in the third. They weren't lucky to draft Debo. It's like when you have a track record of drafting players outside the first round who end up turning into really good players, you can't argue that if it happens again with a quarterback in the seventh round that, oh, that's luck. I kind of wonder what would have happened if Shanahan had taken that, what we just heard from Jed York if he had taken that to its logical conclusion and been like, all right, Brock Purdy's the starter for week one. I'm super interested. I'm super interested in what that would look like. Not from a, not from a media standpoint and outrage standpoint and what are they doing and this and that, like not from that, but what does Purdy look like? Does he look like he did against Miami or does he look like he did against the chiefs where he was awful 
in that in mop up duty in week what was that seven? I have I, like very little recollection of that game. It was it was it, Purdy did not look good. He like threw an interception in the end zone at the end. Yeah. It was not great. But the pass that Jed's talking about, I think, was supposed to be a deep out, and he just sailed it like over the bench. Yeah, it was ugly. So, is that just how it would have looked? Like, did did Purdy getting to to sit out the first twelve weeks or twelve games ultimately help? I don't know. But I have a hypothetical. Yeah. Say Trey Lance never gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Does Brock Purdy like does Trey Lance play so poorly that Brock Purdy ends up replacing him at some point? Or does mm. Trey Lance improve with the reps that he gets and turns into a viable winning starting quarterback? I'm sticking with with what I've I've said the entire time. I think he would have improved. Like I think Trey watch, Lance would have been good. If you watch and I know it's not apples to apples because Jordan Love got all those years to sit. But go watch Jordan Love in the first couple preseason games and the first couple regular season games, and then go watch him over the last six weeks of the year. It, it, there is a there is a dramatic improvement. I think we would have seen that from Trey. That's just what I think. I think so too. Because like, so did the 49ers make a mistake trading Trey Lance? No. <laughs> <laughs> I I would make the case that Trey Lance's camp made the mistake by desperately wanting out. If that's indeed what happened. Right. Because he went from being the third stringer to being the third stringer. No. He didn't massively upgrade his situation. You could even make the case he became the third stringer behind a worse starting quarterback. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's for the Cowboys podcast to, to tap into. Um. Rob, I did this at Rob just coming in here firing shots at you, dude. That's crazy. I mean, why? Because we both <laughs> wear hats and hoodies and glasses. Yeah, I think if you've seen Kyle and I in person, I don't think I don't think people like mistaken us for brothers or would say no. Brothers. It's got a real like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito vibe. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> no. On a podcast, I, I get it though. Far. On a podcast, I could see. Yeah, I've heard, yeah I'm a pretty like generic looking these, guy. These little windows, I like. I probably should. I mean, full disclosure, it's been a oh, long no. travel day for for your guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes, and even like if you watch the videos, I I don't often dress up. Like, I wear a hat and a hoodie because I don't feel like like doing hair like looking presentable Same. i'm just like this is just this is just kind of the maybe i should maybe i shouldn't admit this and maybe i should just like put more effort into you know being presentable on this video streaming platform but that's why i love a lamb chops hoodie though is because it is presentable <laughs> fair can i tell you my fair. prize picks uh for uh, i don't have any football to make an entry with so I didn't do have one. They didn't do Pro Bowl prize picks. I don't believe so. Let me check here. What a missed no, opportunity! I don't see any. I don't see any pros Pro Bowl prize picks. So I'm just doing because they do a flag football game, right? Yes. Okay. I'm guessing it's just impossible to try and create stat projections for that. So if you're unfamiliar with prize picks, it's daily fantasy sports. <laughs> uh, it is two to six players. 
and you pick more or less on their stat projections, you're not playing against sharp guys. You're not playing against like a thousand other players to try and win a couple bucks. Like, no, nah, man, you create your entry where you pick more or less on, on each projection. And then you, you watch the winnings roll in. Um, so I went with the NBA. I went all Utah V the 76ers. I have Tobias Harris more than 33 points, rebounds and assists. I have Kelly Oubre less than 24 and a half points, rebounds and assists. I'm going to go Lori Markkinen more than 34 and a half points, boards and assists. And I'm going to go Kelly Olenek more than six points. And right now, and it looks like if I'm looking, if I'm doing the math right up until the Super Bowl, you can get Patrick Mahomes projection at half a passing yard for the Super Bowl. Half a passing yard. So I tacked that onto my entry as well. It won't convey tonight because it'll have to wait until the Super Bowl. But I will take a free W with Patrick Mahomes at more than half a passing yard. I'm putting that on on all my entries moving forward. I think that's probably the move. I think that's that's fair. Thanks. Pricepicks.com slash candlestick. Promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepicks.com slash candlestick. Promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. It is my favorite way to watch sports. Get in there in time for the Super Bowl. Create some entries for the Super Bowl and enhance your enjoyment of the big game, whether you are a 49er fan or not. Pricepicks.com. Daily fantasy sports made easy. I'm done now. Drool, drool in the in the YouTube chat. The great um, Niners up ten in the fourth again. Is this team blowing it? <laughs> I mean, yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you why I think they that wouldn't? would? Would that be the worst way for them to lose this? Yes. For them to have a yes. lead and then blow it. It's not even would close. That be it's worse? not even close. Would that be worse than just getting boat raced like the Baltimore game? Yeah. If they lost thirty three to nineteen, that would be significantly easier to digest than blowing a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. It's not even close. Because yeah, okay. now now that's a thing with Kyle Shanahan. I, don't, I mean, it's been a thing with Kyle Shanahan I don't already. blame it. He was the offensive coordinator in the 20th. I do not blame He's the only offensive coordinator who's ever gotten blamed for a loss ever in the history of ever. So it would be <laughs> two head coaches in a, a, two, a two Super Bowls as a head coach where his team smokes a 10-point lead. That'd be a tough scene. So I, I would... I Not don't to think... mention the NFC Championship game against the Rams, too. Oh, that's another good one. That one's tough because they were up 10 going into the fourth quarter, but the Rams had the ball at like the one to start the fourth quarter. And I think yeah. punched it in on the first play. But anyways. Kyle, Kyle should have coached Jaquaski Tart better when it came to making easy interceptions. Right. Players get in position themselves, but you have to be the one that catches it. Yeah, Shanahan. Coaching. Yeah. Shanahan dropped the ball on that one. Nice, dude. Come on. <laughs> Come on. So yeah, I think I, I think that um I think they wouldn't because for them to be up ten on this Chiefs team, I think it means they're probably running the ball pretty effectively. And given how the last Super Bowl went. I do not think we would see Kyle Shanahan abandon the run the way he did in the previous Chiefs game. I That's the biggest, yeah. I think, lesson for him out of that was to stick with the run game when it's working. It might be second and nine. Run it again. That's, I think, kind of what, what we'll, 
what we'd see in that spot this time. That's why Christian McCaffrey, like we talk about him and his ability to like break six yard runs against 10 man boxes. Yep. And like horrible run looks. It's like, that's what, that's probably why one of the biggest reasons why Kyle Shanahan wanted him so badly. Yeah. 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 Do you think as good as 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 Raheem Mostert was, he was very good at like the outside zone. And that's, that was kind of their, their bag. Yeah. He wasn't, he, Raheem Mostert didn't have as many clubs in the bag, so to speak, as Christian McCaffrey does. Nope. Um, Do you think the 28 to three game is the reason why Kyle Shanahan is super conservative as a play caller when, particularly when he has the lead? Yeah. Probably. Right. I don't know if it's the reason, but I think it definitely planted those seeds or helped plant those seeds for sure. When the Niners hired Kyle Shanahan and he had his introductory press conference, he had to field like four or five questions about that. Totally insane. The yeah. offense, the defense gave up like 472 yards in the second half. Yeah. It's, it's very easy to blame the coach when the players screw up. I think that's something that happens probably too often in sports. It's like the players screw up and it's like suddenly the coach's fault. The players are like these infallible heroes sometimes who like can't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like when, when it's like, when it's, when it's a very definable mistake, like Kyle Williams dropping punts, fumbling punts or sure. Um, what's his name on the Lions dropping passes. It's like very easy to blame those players. But when players like do nuanced or like have nuanced missed assignments that we can't easily discern as the football viewing public, the -hmm. first thing we do is blame the coaches where it's like, no, man, if if offensive lineman X just like makes his block a little bit better than the play works, but instead it's a it's a holding penalty that takes the team out of field goal range and then starts this cascade of events that leads to losing the game. Do you know all on the coach? <laughs> the Patriots in that fourth quarter. Because remember, they went it, it was 28 to 9 going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um the Patriots in the fourth quarter had 263 yards of offense. Yeah, that's insane. That's nutty. 263 hey. yards in a quarter, dude. It's funny you should mention that because Dan Quinn got named the uh, the Durs head coach today. <laughs> I'm sorry, 201. My math is bad. 201 yards in the fourth quarter only. Dan Quinn uh, was the Falcons head coach, right? Yes, he was. Okay. Dude, the Durs were scrambling. They thought for sure they were getting Ben Johnson. I think everybody thought they were getting Ben Johnson. Yeah. And then they're like, uh, Dan Quinn, I guess. Like, why not just keep Ron Rivera at that point? It does feel like a different version of Ron Rivera. Yeah. Why not been... Vrabel? I have no did Mike Vrabel must just be a real like dick. Like he must be real tough to work with. I was really surprised. I mean, you could uh, the Belichick thing is a completely different conversation because he's probably still a guy who wants like control over the entire operation. Uh-huh. Where Adam Peters is like, nah, I'm not going to hire Bill Belichick, you know, to, to be yeah. my head coach, like, right. and supersede every decision I make. Right. But it's kind of interesting. 
I don't know, like, because Rand Carthen, the the Titans GM, obviously used to be with the Niners. Mm-hmm. Adam Peters, the Durs GM, obviously used like was with the Niners for a long time. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's like a similar line of thinking or personality dynamic that they're like, yeah, we're not really, we're not really um, of that ilk. Trying to hire what's his name, Frable. Mike Vrabel. Maybe. God, I'm so tired, man. Like Mike Vrabel's Mike Vrabel's name just completely left my head despite talking about him like ten seconds ago. It sounds like that's what every guy the guy who was they were interviewed him for head coach. <laughs> hey yo. All right. That's gonna do guy, it for us. <laughs> subscribe to the <laughs> we're done. Uh subscribe to the YouTube channel, <laughs> youtube.com slash candlestick chronicles podcast, or just search candlestick chronicles on YouTube. You'll find us subscribe. Please like our videos, it helps us with the algorithm. Uh, and that helps people see our videos and allows us to continue doing this stuff. We appreciate the heck out of it. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Also, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, this is out in audio form as well. Uh, wherever you get your pods, Candlestick Chronicles, subscribe, rate, and review. We will see you next week to begin the Super Bowl previews for real. See you, everybody. For real, for real. For real, for real. Deadass. It's giving Super Bowl.